You're listening to your Coronavirus Fatigue MBA podcast with David and Kane. Boys. Kane! I have coronavirus fatigue! Help me. Help me. When is it going to be over? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm tired of seeing it in the news. I'm running out of topics, Kane. Is Michael Jordan a top five player? <laughs> Will AD resign with the Lakers? Is LeBron the best LeBron since LeBron? Kane, I'm running out of topics. We should just make this a free for all. I think we should discuss that. Is LeBron the best LeBron since LeBron <laughs> uh, segment? Kane, how are you? Give me the latest. Yeah, I mean, I'm still working from home. Um, that's been like in effect for two weeks now, I guess. Maybe a bit over two weeks now. Feels a lot, it feels like ages since I, I can't even remember a time when I had to wake up in the morning to get ready to go to, like, to work, go to an office place that's not my home. Um, yeah, it's, it's, this is really, like, I really, uh, I've really started to acclimate into this life now and it feels like the new normal. Like, going back to work will be, like, a sudden shift for me because also it's just so comfortable working from home. Obviously, there's a lot more distractions and... You're enjoying working from home. Like, I've definitely uh, made it work for me. Um, I, I, you know, I've... You know, I, there's a lot of to there's a lot of joy to find from working from home, I guess. But um, it's it's, uh, it's it's been it's been it was tough in the beginning, but now I, I think I've definitely acclimated. Interesting, interesting. You don't miss your colleagues? Well, because we chat every day. We have um like a daily check in in the morning, just to like see what everyone's up to. Um, so, what? Yeah, didn't you ever work from home? There's sometimes I, I work from home, but it'd be quite rare, uh, mostly because doing freelance work, um, you're required to basically show up at people's offices. I would always think it's the opposite. You're like not like you kind of set those boundaries yourself because you're kind of setting the contract. It's just a it's just a set. It's just a fixed term, right? It's a fixed term, but normally people. And so you can set those requirements, like oh, I, I require to work from home at least. Oh, that's true. Three or that's four true. Days but typically, like the that. client that's hiring you, they they would prefer probably that you, they can see you, so that they know you you're mm. working. Uh, essentially, you're like yeah. a hired hand. I just do what they tell me to do, Kane. What do you What do you want me? What, what do you, you want me Yeah. Do? What do you What do you want me to click? What do you want me to type here? <laughs> <laughs> just tell me. Well, am I getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't very good. Then. <laughs> I've got no integrity. <laughs> Do your people at work listen to our show? Uh, I've shared it with a couple of people, but they're not like huge NBA fans. It's just our like, like, just like t- talking and like, oh, hey, I record a podcast and I'm like, oh, cool, hey, shoot me a link. I'm like, okay, here you go. So I, I never followed up if they actually listen. Well, there you go. For your colleagues who may be listening, Kane's okay not to see you. <laughs> <laughs> talking on the phone is fine. He does, I'm sure. He, does, he doesn't need to I'm see sure it's you. Mutual. And to that lady, please stop taking photos of Kane. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I really think that this arrangement, like working from home, is going to be more like accepted in the future. Because like a lot of times, like you said, employers prefer employees to be in the office because they can actually see you and make sure you're doing work. Um, you know, whether that's a trusting or that's just like, you know, a unity kind of thing, like a camaraderie in the office kind of thing. Um, but I think, the, you know, because we really don't know how long this is going to last and at least for the foreseeable future, we're going to be working from home. Um, I think that, and also because we were like suddenly forced to work from home and, and this was like uncharted territories, this really like accelerated the, 
like the to the you know the process of trying to get people remote working faster yeah. like building the technologies building the processes the logistics of um you know and and the equipment necessary to work from home and that just like like you know set it on a super quick fast course to try to get these uh things these processes done um efficiently um so i think if these groundworks are you know laid back and then once we get back to office and they can finesse those processes i think that's going to really facilitate a lot more people working from home because they'll have this like groundwork laid out uh to you know let this continue going on which will be good for a lot of people because a lot of people need to work from home as well and also you save on commuting right save on commuting you save on food like i i we don't i mean obviously because of isolate uh, self quarantine or uh, self self isolation you don't go out like for food anymore like we might get a sneaky takeaway once in a while but like f- pretty much we eat at home so we're saving so much money um just you know getting the weekly groceries and just eating our canned tuna uh, oh my god and beans and rice <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah i remember nah. that's what do you mean you're not joking i think isn't that what you eat that's what you <laughs> ate <laughs> that's what i ate before <laughs> now that i'm work- i'm at home i'm i'm not reduced to are you sure goods. are you sure yeah, I haven't eaten any canned goods. We bought we bought a few. We kind of we kind of panic bought a few extra cans, and, but we haven't eaten any of them. Because I just remember when we go out to eat, you eat your stuff and then you eat my stuff. <laughs> oh, like, okay, that was one time because you couldn't finish your food. I was like, "Kane, I'm, I'm still eating." You couldn't finish it. <laughs> anyway, Kane eats first. We we'll have to do that Kang again. Eats first once once uh. You, you're clear. Uh, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. What should we talk about? Have you been Have you been watching any of the daily Trump briefings? Didn't he? Wasn't he tweeting that uh, his coronavirus daily updates is like the biggest like ratings hit since like similar to the Bachelor Bachelorette final or something like that? And he's like he quotes like New York Times. New York Times says that this is. Uh, a ratings bonanza, bonanza <laughs> like Monday Night Football. So when uh, New York Times says Trump is good, he quotes them. But when for everything else, they're always fake news. Well, you know he what he reads like the New York Times religiously, even though he he reads them all religiously because he wants to make sure no one's saying anything bad about him, and he wants to know which journalist you know to make fun of and and to like publicly humiliate uh, and attack. <laughs> yeah, lambast him. Yeah. Basically, even the president himself, in the, the his briefing two days ago, he he essentially said that they expect to have about a hundred thousand deaths in the U.S. Um, so, the president yeah, said that. Yeah. Oh. So, if not two hundred thousand. So right now that like three. There are only three thousand. So what it means is that this is far from over. You're just gonna. This will continue for a while yet. Literally the tip of the iceberg. I know people love to publicize like photos of non-social distancing, like, uh, you know, videos of people riding bikes in a park, like like any other normal day. And you're like looking at it and it's just like a nice normal day, but then you realize what the date is and you're like, wait, these people should be at home. They shouldn't be out playing in the park with the children and like running on the field. Like it's you know, normal, because, like, obviously, these aren't normal times. Um, yeah, so that's that's crazy. If, like, that's really... And so, like, the things that give me no confidence in the U.S. is, A, 
um, in as cantaloupe, in as cantaloupes there, <laughs> and he's just like a he's just like a public health hazard. <laughs> he tweeted um, a video of him like licking the treadmill. <laughs> okay, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> what's that? And this is like after he's recovered from coronavirus. I assume he's recovered. I assume he's fully recovered Wait, now. Wait, did he get coronavirus? Oh, sorry. You know, I was thinking of Rudy Gobert. Yeah, yeah. Hey, don't mix those two up. Yeah. Enes Kanter is like... Yeah, Rudy Gobert is like seen as the most stupid person in the NBA. And then Enes Kanter is like holding my beer. Uh, <laughs> anyway, God bless him. Watch this. So, yeah, a few things that don't give me confidence in the US is a... Um, Enes Kanter. Uh, you know, people... Nah, I was joking about that. People not practicing safe social distancing uh b also like secondly like the president the president just just fucked them over i guess from the very beginning um not taking this uh, coronavirus seriously and the third thing is um watching tiger king i i know this is a bit old but tiger king the show netflix is based in the south and they literally live up to the stereotypes of people from you know like south south southeast like Florida, around Florida. Florida is an interesting place to like define, right? Because on one hand, you have Miami, which is very cosmopolitan, but then there's all these backwater swamps in, in Florida where you've got these weirdos living there. It's it's like um, if you watch a documentary about Scarface, and like they're from Miami, and that's obviously fictional. But if you it was a real like documentary about a real family that lives in Miami who are drug dealers who are like Cuban. That's kind of like what Tiger King is about. It's like casting this light on big cat fanatics uh, that are from the South and they talk in a certain way that, you know, only people in the South would talk. Um, yeah, so basically America gives me no confidence that they can do anything right. And it doesn't matter how many like pop, like PSAs come from uh, like NBA stars like Steph Curry and other guys like telling telling you specifically and explicitly not to go out and stay at home, it, it doesn't make a difference. People are still going to do the thing. It is going to be what it is, which is 1,000, 100,000 deaths. It's yeah, so depressing. Oh, God. How did... I feel like let's not. Okay. Well, well that's look, what the president is saying. That's what the president is saying, right? The president is predicting that's what that the president is on saying. its current trajectory, it's going to be at least 100,000 deaths. But that you should still, it doesn't mean that you just like, you go out. You, you, this is assuming that yeah, everyone like, like bunker down, right? So you should still continue to yeah, bunker yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, This is best, this is like a best case scenario kind of thing like that. I mean, at least in Australia, they're, they're kind of giving an estimate and a best case scenario that things will resume to normal um, in May, uh, not May, sorry, like June, July kind of thing. June, I think June. They're kind of giving us a best case scenario. Uh, which is pretty much a timeline of three months, right? Yeah, yeah. If everyone is practicing, I mean, that's longer than China and South Korea. I don't know if, I, I know China for sure halted business. Uh, South Korea, I don't think they actually halted businesses. I think that, I think they were just really good at testing and finding out who were the infected people and then just isolating those infected people, um, which is not something, I don't know, any other government can really do except maybe China um, but uh, like America obviously is way behind testing Australia has some kind of stringent uh, conditions to get tested as well um, and that's kind of uh, you know 
made some people less likely to 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 test themselves if they're not showing any symptoms. Um, but yeah, like so basically, if we are given if if America and Australia are kind of given the same timeline that we're going to get normalcy in June or July, um, that would give us some time at least to that for like an NBA season to resume. That's true. That's true. So I'm now a bit more hopeful than I was last week about uh, having a NBA season. I think it might get pushed back quite far, maybe even August and September, for all I know. Yeah, it's still based on like the current, like you said, like if everyone bunkers down and does the right thing. I really do think the best case scenario, at least even if we have less deaths, it means that things will kind of get back to normal in in June or something. Because even China, even though they got the coronavirus under control, the CBA isn't going to resume until May, late April, May, I believe. So it's still like a few weeks out from, you know, now. Like America would love to be in this situation that China is in, in terms of the coronavirus is under control. And then they can back, get back to business in like two months kind of thing. Like kind of give, give that kind of time frame. Yeah, and I haven't, so I didn't, I haven't followed that at all, whether they're going to um, play in designated cities where are they going to be still traveling to as normal. I think part of uh, this time period where it's considered, China, at least in China, it's considered un- under control, but why it hasn't resumed yet is because they're kind of working on the logistics. Like you said, they're picking out which city to play in in China. And also, um, yeah, like how they, I'm guessing like how they train, how they get fed, where they're going to stay, like all those logistics, all those logistical things they still need to like iron out. And so like this, these next six weeks or whatever, they're going to try to like work it out. So the framework for the NBA is quite similar. I've heard is that they want to, this is according to Wendy, cluster the teams into two different cities and put the teams in that bubble and then have them live, eat and breathe and train everything, but everything basketball in that bubble. Um, and then LeBron James, actually, I think was on a podcast was talking about, not our podcast, was talking about how um, he thought that the season, like if you kind of resume again in July or something like that, um, you would have like a training camp first. Like you just have a, like a one week training camp just to get everyone back together and just align, um, you know, the players together again because you've just been out of it for so long. And then play a few more games, play like eight, nine, ten more regular season games just to kind of like iron out the final seeds, the standings for the, for the playoff seedings. Uh, and then you go into the playoffs and then you play, play, I'm guessing, like a normal seven-game series for each playoff round. Um, but you do that all within the confines of like these two different cities or whatever inside a bubble with no fans. But at least... At least you get the closure like that you want, and a lot of people want, and the owners especially, that they crown a champion and they finish the season. And then also, sorry, another thing I I heard, maybe LeBron James said this, or someone else mentioned this, or maybe it was Wendy, saying that if they did, best case scenario, they did start in mid-July and then they crown a champion a month later, they would start the next season, uh, they would delay the beginning of next season until like after Christmas. So like basically 2021, that's when the new season will start. And I don't know what the scheduling would be for that, if they're going to shorten it. Um, but they will delay the beginning the beginning of the next season which, until maybe next year. Which actually makes sense because this is what people have been talking about 
uh, for a few months, even before this Corona thing, they they talked about how why doesn't the NBA just shift the season so that they have more of the the year to themselves without overlaps with um, the NFL, obviously, and then baseball. It's almost a blessing in disguise because even prior to to the whole shutdown, um, there was this debate about well, we should experiment with shifting the season back, and now it feels like it's. They have no choice but to give this experiment a go. But shifting the season back, so they're aligning with the NFL to not align. So for the season to start from oh yeah, December. yeah right. of course yeah because yeah, yeah okay yeah because the season starts yeah yeah and then that's when the N- NFL playoffs are. exactly because your baseball season ends in uh, late October and then obviously you yeah. have the winter months that's dominated by football which is. Summer, yeah, which is football, basketball, and hockey, yeah, to a lesser extent. But if you shift the NBA season um, to December, then you get most of the year by yourself, essentially. You don't have to compete with baseball, which doesn't start till the springtime, and you don't compete with uh, football, which would have more or less ended once your season starts to ramp up. Uh, interesting. Yeah, is it because they really want to avoid the summer months? Um, playing basketball? Historically, it's been that they want to avoid the summer months because the thinking is that people want to go out or go on holiday during the summer months. So that's why they don't do it. But I've heard other arguments saying, you know, nowadays people are behaving differently anyway, watching it through their an app um, or are still in stream like what we do. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mm. have to be live. Like mm. you said, I think most important is that we let the playoffs happen and we eventually crown lebron james i didn't i didn't say that that didn't that's not me you didn't say that that's the most important that's what i heard that's what i heard no i just well like personally i don't really care what happens this season oh i know you're still selfish i'm waiting for next season next if they cancel next season for this season i'll be pissed actually here's a real question here's a real question for you no comment no what ask away Oh, wait, wait, let, me, let, me, let me think, what was I going to ask? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I've got the coronavirus. Do, does the coronavirus affect your memory? Yeah, yeah, amnesia. <laughs> okay, you know what? Let me first start say shout out to Wendy, Brian Windhorst. He's been like doing some really good stories and reporting, actually. Yeah, he has been. Yeah, I agree. Let the record show, I have always been respectful to Brian Winhorst. We both have been quite disrespectful yeah. for his uh, past Kane, transgressions. Kane has always disrespected Wendy. But anyway, according to Wendy, he's hearing that Brooklyn is going to make an aggressive push during the offseason, whenever that happens, to acquire a third star. And that means giving up either Dinwiddie or Levert. If you had to give up one of those two, which one would you give up? Spencer, of course. You give up Spencer. Yeah, because we already have a point guard. Now, the names that you've always floated is um, Bradley Beal, which I think for Bradley... Beal would be my ideal, ideal, ideal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for me, like to get Beal, I'm okay with giving up both of them. Plus Jay Harris, plus whatever else they Oh, want. yeah, for sure. Right? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no doubt about it. You would have to... You have to Sweden as well. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be enough to just give up Levert and Dinwiddie. You have to give up Allen. Um, if you can give up Harris as well, um, that would be great um, to get Beal. 
and maybe a couple first round picks as well. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate. This is the same thing when LA was giving up all those young guys, like uh, they were offering Kuzma, Ingram, Lonzo, Hart for Anthony Davis. And you said like, no, it's too much. Anthony Davis, yeah, like he's not like, he's not going to change a franchise by himself, but you add him with LeBron James, that's, that's like crazy, crazy good. That's way better than any sum of Lonzo, Hart, Ingram and whatever, even like Randall, if you want to chuck him there, like the sum of all those parts doesn't equal Anthony Davis with LeBron James. The other name that he said that it could be out there would be Drew Holiday. Well, wait, wait. So, um, Wendy said Beal was in play? So, this is uh, Brian Windhorst. So, he's saying that specifically the two targets are going to be Bradley Beal and Drew Holiday. I think Drew Holiday is interesting. I, like, I wouldn't, like, I would say that the only reason that he's a part of this uh, like rumor is because he can be had for a lot ch- less. Like, the trade asking price for Beal was going to be much higher than Drew Holiday. Um, so it's, it's a possible because also Drew Holiday is much older, right? He's like in his 30s now, right? I don't think he's in his 30s. He might be like 30. Feels like. Let me see. I mean, this is 32. Oh, he's 29. He's okay. 29, oh. which makes sense, Feels like right? Because uh, KD's, KD's uh, it's got, he's on the same timeline as KD. Well, he's younger than KD, actually. It just feels like, the, like you know, remember he got dropped by the Sixers? Like, I don't know, like 10th of a row or something like that? I don't know. Like he got drafted, like late in the first round. Not that late, but like feels like ages ago. Like AD, I feel like AD's been in this league for ten years. He probably has been ten years. Ten years, but he's like what twenty six. He's only twenty five. Oh my god! Fucking, I feel so fucking old. I agree. Yeah, AD does feel like he's been here for ages. Yeah, that that's true. Um, no, I wouldn't mind. Look, he's uh, he can play both guard positions. I, I think he can. He can probably, because he, he's a bit on the shorter side, so that's why he, his natural position is a point guard. But he's a good shooter. He can play off the ball. So he can play, he can play the two next to Kyrie Irving for sure. And I think that would be a really good backcourt because that would also help um, like fix up the defensive efficiencies. And I don't think Bradley Beal's like anywhere near as good as a defensive player as Drew Holiday, um, which would be good. Um, but Bradley Beal is a much, much better offensive player than Drew Holiday is a, a defensive player. Um, and Bradley Beal is younger as well. I would prefer Beal. I prefer Beal. Uh, but saying that they don't need necessarily Beal's scoring, right? They have scores. They have two scores already. Well, I mean, the Warriors didn't need Durant. That's true. <laughs> like, That's they had true. enough scores. Actually, they didn't need Durant. But <laughs> Just, like, give the ball to Durant. And the, yeah, and <laughs> Just give it to him. That's true. In the end, they did need... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh my god, I'm having flashbacks. Yeah, but you're right. You're, to your point, they're kind of fixing a hole, like a known hole on their roster, which they tried to fix this season with Garrett Temple as like their backup defensive um, guard. Obviously, Garrett Temple is nowhere near as good as Drew Holiday, but they kind of try to fix that hole just with like that kind of personnel, that kind of like uh, player trait, um, which I think Garrett Temple is good. Like I would love to, I think he's on a two-year contract, so I think he'll be back as well. Um, but like defense only gets you so far. Like I think Gary Temple's a good heady player. He's cerebral. He's he he like he knows the league. He knows how to defend players. But this is nothing like a a great offensive player that can just get their own shot. And like if you're Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, just two two people isn't enough uh, in this, especially this offensive heavy league. 
you need a guy that can create his own shot, can also facilitate and can play off ball. That's the most important thing. You need a guy that can play off ball because when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving gets double teamed, uh, you need a guy that can step up. I still, like at 2016 NBA Finals, um, without Kem, the one before Kevin Durant joined, uh, when Steph Curry uh, and Clay Thompson were doubled every possession and Draymond was singled on, at the top and they were feeding it to Anderson Verger like so many times down low and this is game seven specifically. And Anderson Verger wasn't guarded, uh, but he kept like, like fumbling the ball. Like every time the ball came to him, he would miss a shot or fumble the ball. And he was useless basically because they didn't have another other guy that, that could space the floor and, and, and give him a shooting presence basically. Cause Draymond was also at least somewhat marked by LeBron James. So Beal, Beal to me would be the best, best, best get. If they have Beal, I'm going to pick them to win the championship. But I think it's a realistic, I think it's a realistic home run. I think it's like, you know, you're going, you're going to, the, you're going to the plate with, uh, I don't know, like, uh, like Sean Marks to me is going to the plate like he's Barry Bonds, for example. Like he's, he's, it's likely that he's going to hit it, you know, he's going to hit it. Like for like, he's gonna get like three bases or at least you know a double because he, he he's that good. He's 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 gone to the bat a lot of times and he's hit a lot of home runs so far. You know what I mean? He, um, you know, in terms of the player acquisitions that he's had and 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 drafting he hit players, Kenny like, Anderson out out of the uh, the Barclays Center. <laughs> that's that's what he did. <laughs> Which is actually another interesting point is that obviously they're gonna hire a great coach, right? I mean, Kyrie and Katie didn't get rid of Kenny Atkinson for, for nobody. They're going to hire like a star coach. So whether that's a Ty Lue, who's a championship coach, uh, despite your disrespect, uh, or a Tom Thibodeau, which is, again, phenomenal class A coach, or even a Mike D'Antoni, who most likely may be available. That would be my ideal. D'Antoni with... Kyrie Irving and Durant. Oh my God! <laughs> and if they add a Beal, Beal, if they add a Beal, like I feel like two of those three players can go for fifty at like, you know, every other game. I, I mean, D'Antoni has been a great coach and the best team that he's ever coached because he's also coached a lot of great. He's coached Kobe Bryant. He's coached uh, Jeremy Lin. He's coached <laughs> like uh, Carmelo, obviously. He coached, hey, that's um, not being, you know, now the let's Rockets. Let's not be disrespectful to Jeremy Lin. Take Carmelo out of this, please. Yeah, sorry. W- winners uh, only. Winners only. It was Isaiah. T- it was uh, yeah, sorry. It was Jeremy Lin. It was uh, Steve, Steve Nash. Novak. <laughs> Steve Novak. It, yeah, Steve Novak. It was. Hey, no uh, joke, eh? Th- that's you're talking about Lin Sanity. He hit good right? shots, man. No kidding. Yeah, Everyone's I'm talking like, about peak Lin Sanity. What I'm saying is, people they love playing under that system. Before Mello came back, that was a great system. Everyone's yeah. No, fun. I'm trying to remember yeah. Landry. Yeah, yeah. Landry like they, Fields they playing so well. Like Landry Fields. He, Landry Fields. That's the dude. Yeah, Landry Fields. Tyson. Tyson Chandler. Um, Jeffries. Something. Jeffries. Jared like Jeffries. Yeah, I mean that was a that was a great team. And then obviously Steve Nash and the Suns. That like that was probably his best uh, coaching effort in the league. Um, but none of those teams uh, would be as stacked as KD, Kyrie, and and Bradley Beal. I agree. Uh, Bradley Beal is literally scoring like back to going back to back like fifty point games. Although he did, he was coaching the Lakers when they had Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant, Mental Board Peace, Dwight. No, Howard. that's a way different situation. Like that's when Kobe was already like on the down. 
that was when Dwight was constantly mm. injured. Uh, Steve Nash was mm. already way, he, he was like in retirement essentially. Pa- yeah, Pos- yeah, true, 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 true. Uh, you, can, you can say that obviously with James Harden, he's, he's got a phenomenal star. But I think the combination and the creativity that's going to come with KD and Kyrie and if Bradley Beal, I mean, that's, that's beyond anything that he, he's, uh, he's had. Here's hoping. I, I mean, like the track record speaks for itself in terms of his ability to run offenses and get the best out of the offense. Uh, obviously, it's still, you know, to be seen whether he can coach a championship team. Um, I mean, we've seen Kyrie hit big shots and win a championship. We've seen KD hit big shots and win a championship. Um, so, yeah, we need to see a coach that can bring a championship as well to to the Nets. Uh, but here's hoping. Here's yeah, hoping. I'm hoping actually too. I'm optimistic. That's my... Would you say that's your second favorite team? No, no, no. I was, what I was, I was going to make a really poor joke. I was going to say I, I had two wishes and one of them came true. No, okay. Never mind. I'm not even going to go there. This regarding James yeah, Dolan? Yeah, James Dolan, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> My one wish is that the Nets get uh, D'Antoni and James Dolan gets coronavirus. <laughs> it's too mean. That's too mean. I'm, I don't want to wish coronavirus on James Dolan. But uh, let's just say that now that he has it, I'm not, I'm not super sad. Okay. My question is, would you wish coronavirus on... Would you would you wish coronavirus on anyone, if you could? I think before this thing got really serious, uh, it, it was it, I would have made it's that joke. Of, it would have been okay. I feel like at this point, yeah. it's no longer that funny. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, I mean, I think we can joke about it's it. It's so dark. Yeah, no, it's, it's too dark. Like, yeah, it's, it's very dark. That's because if you remember, yeah. like even before this coronavirus like exploded, we were making all sorts of coronavirus jokes. On our show, mm, mm. but I feel like then things got really serious and it got kind of scary. And to be making those jokes is just not—it doesn't feel funny anymore. <laughs> oh, but I'm sure once we get out of yeah. this, when, once where everything goes back to normal, then it'll be really fun looking back at coronavirus-infected James Dolan. Yeah, we'll make fun of James Dolan. Tell me, I mean, I'm a I'm a Knicks fan. What did I do to deserve Julius Randall? Why do I ha- I want hope too? <laughs> I just read recently that there th- at the trade deadline they were contemplating trading Julius Randall for that uh, oh. Terry Rozier. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and also Terry Rozier's contract is way worse. Oh my god! Like an extra is like f- at least four years of like I don't know hundred million dollars compared to at least Julius Randall. Who's making I don't know th- a three-year deal for sixty right, like million? Right, like like you know he's a good player, right? But like the fact that it's like, what, what? Stop! Just stop! Just like end the bleeding, right? Uh, ah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, don't get me started. Obviously, everyone's impacted by the coronavirus, but for the owners like Tillman Fertitta, who makes his money off of casinos and hotels, um, obviously he is most impacted by this coronavirus. In, co- in combination <clears throat> with the drama that happened in China, I think he's feeling the squeeze. That's been the reporting. That's, that's, that's probably very true, yeah. Because unlike many of the other ownership groups, Tillman basically owns the team outright. But in order to do that, he borrowed a ton of money. So he's basically, the number is basically $175 million in debt, which means it's, it's just a loan that he's taken out. Like, that's no chump change. 
And we know that he's a billionaire, but that's, that's not in cash. A billionaire, that's his assets. And obviously, through this period, his assets would have uh, hugely impacted. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to sell the team or anything, but I think this is definitely going to affect at least the near, the near future uh, planning of Houston, whether or not they keep D'Antoni, whether or not they're they're mm. going to keep um, Daryl Morey, who I don't think he's into mm. the he's into like you know saving money, right? Daryl Morey is into winning. Mm. Well, they've already done a cost cutting move even before the whole coronavirus. Right, right. Saga. But I'm, I think this is now it's in a situation where I'm not even sure if Daryl Morey or D'Antoni can get the owner to like to actually to invest more in this team. This mm. might be it. Right, and from here on out, mm. it might be just cost savings. Mm. Houston minus D'Antoni minus Mori, I'm not sure that's that's no longer a winning team. Like that, they should. That, that means their time has passed. D'Antoni should uh, join the Nets and become the new Nets head coach. I reckon Daryl Mori uh, should join the Nets and be the assistant general manager of the Nets. <laughs> and I think. Uh, uh, what's Only if he apologized to Tillman. Tillman Fertitta should apply to be an intern uh, for a Joe Size uh, Alibaba <laughs> company. Joe Size is going to send Tillman send him to, to like, China. Yeah, send him to China and, to work in the Alibaba warehouse. Yeah, to, like pack packages. <laughs> yeah, that's his sins for offending China. Oh, oh. I mean, uh, no, in all, in all honesty, I, uh, I think, I think, uh, I didn't know, I didn't know that Tillman, you know, main business was casino hotels, and definitely those things rely on a lot of people frequenting those, uh, businesses. So yeah, the coronavirus would impact those businesses' bottom line quite a lot. Um, but I think a lot of businesses are suffering and I think a lot of MBA owners were probably feeling the same thing and similar squeezes. Uh, I think because of this, this is going to impact TV revenues and because of that, it's going to impact a salary cap and it's going to impact how much people are going to get paid. Like the people that got paid last free agency are like thanking the lucky stars that they hit free agency last season and not this season because, I, you know, money coming from TV deals, coming from the revenue of the NBA, directly correlates to the salary cap rising every year. I don't know when they, like, like if they if they decide on how much it raises, uh, like, annually, or do they project it, like, five like a five-year plan kind of thing like that. But considering that it's the revenue, the salary cap is made up of, like, the total revenue, and now the revenue is diminished, that means there's going to be a lot of salary cap, and that's going to be, less strain on the owners to having to well, like if they have to get new players they don't have to pay as much basically because that's that's all the cap they have they, they don't have any cap and i think because you know currently if they do um lower the salary cap that means you know a lot of teams at the current rate would probably you know surge past the luxury tax because you know they got play they're kind of like projecting they have like a forecast that in you know in the next few years the salary cap is going to raise to this so that way they'll be under the cap by this point, even though they've they haven't added any new players, kind of thing like that. But if the salary cap goes lower, that means a lot of them are going to have uh you know total salary caps that are go, probably going to go over the hard cap and maybe touching the luxury tax. 
But I think all those stuff will be remedied and I don't think the owners will, because I know that Adam Silver is going to be servicing these owners and making sure they're happy. Um, it, it's such a fiscal, like this, these monetary things don't affect the players because they're still getting paid. It's really affecting the owners. They're losing a, like a big chunk of change, like you're saying. And I think at the end of the day, Adam Silver is doing the right thing by trying to protect his players, but he's also going to do the right thing when the NBA picks up again to ensure that this is uh, done in a way to minimize and mitigate the impact on the owners financially. And also, I think it's going to affect like the salaries as well, because part of it's like, a, 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 was it like sharing, revenue sharing? The contract is the contract. In terms of no, like, the contract, um, whoa, 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 whoa. it's not percentage. The contract is a money, like a total money amount. But that money amount what is... What is the revenue sharing then? The, the, there's like a revenue sharing between the owners and the uh, the players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just means that the salary cap will be made, made up 51% of their entire revenue. Right, okay. It's still unfair right. because basically 51% goes to the 400 NBA players and 49% of the revenue goes to the owners, which is made up of 30 owners. So it's not really fair. They still make so much more money. But you know, part of the last uh, CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, was to ensure that the players got a larger piece of the pie. And um, so how basically players' salaries work when you sign a max max contract is that a max contract, I think, has to uh, make up 33% of the salary cap that year. So depending on different years, depending on like TV deals and depending on like, you know, if there's a surplus of revenue, that impacts uh, what that 33% is. But when you sign that max contract, like Tobias Harris signed his and DeAndre Russell signed his and Kevin Durant signed his, they don't make any more or less money depending on like how that salary cap changes. So they're lucky that they signed last season because I'm guessing for the at least the next two years, they're going to be in recovery stage. Right. Um, and it's going to impact the salary cap. So the salary cap is going to be much lower. And that 33% for a max deal is not going to be four years, 140 mil. It's going to be like, uh, I don't know, I don't know, four years, 100 mil or something. I don't know, I'm making it up, but it's, I imagine it would be considerably less because like you said, we had the China thing in the beginning, which impacted, uh, impacted the revenue. And now coronavirus, which is probably tenfold that uh, situation oh because it's not only China <laughs> that was like, you know, out, out of it. Uh, like NBA voluntarily oh, wait, wait, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm getting so, breaking like, news. I'm getting breaking news here. Uh, Lakers are offering Anthony Davis a 10-year, $200 contract. <laughs> <laughs> That's, he has to pay $200. To pay. Can we sign Anthony Davis? <laughs> would, would you pay 200 bucks? <laughs> I'd pay 200 bucks. <laughs> How much would you pay Anthony Davis just to be around just you? Just to be around me? <laughs> Would you pay 200 bucks a like day? Legally or illegally? <laughs> legally. How much does it cost legally. to like kidnap someone? <laughs> <laughs> legally, well, I have, I have no job. I have no money. Can you pay and then I'll, I'll just hang out with you guys? I guess I could afford $200, but $200 a day is pretty steep. But then having Anthony Davis around is pretty cool. $200. I think definitely $200. I'll put in $200 as well. I think it's definitely worth it. 100 each? Do you want to split it? 100 dollars each. Because I feel like we sh- we can then. I'll have him on weekend. I'll have him on weekends and Monday, and then you have him every other day. I definitely week. would pay more on the weekend because I feel like I can set up like a little like kiosk and get 
people to charge people for Anthony、mm. Davis autographs.、Mm-hmm. So we can definitely make guess, our money back. You you don't own him, obviously. You just like you get you get to hang out around with him and access to him. Oh, okay, so you he's not your slave. No, he's not your slave or anything. I hate. I don't use that word. You're just paying two hundred dollars to hang use, out with use, you. Use, it's like a job. It's like a job. It's a governor. It's a governorship. Okay, not a. Okay, you're saying <laughs> how much you pay to just、ship. hang around Anthony Davis with him doing his own thing. Like you're taking him around. You're just like shadowing him. <laughs> yeah. Right. All, all the opposite. He's shadowing you for some reason. Well, if you're shadowing him, can't you do that for free? I mean, you can do it for a while until he like calls the police. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be hard to keep tracking him because you know he's he's got security and stuff. But he's not in a gated community. I mean, you can, I'm pretty sure you can find out where LeBron James lives. Hang around the house. You could, but you couldn't touch you him. Couldn't touch him. I'm sure a lot of people have tried. I'm sure a lot of people have tried, but it's hard to, you know, keep track of them all the time. Also, that is legal for sure. Well, listeners, that's all the topics we have this year. Or <laughs> this year. <laughs> oh my god! This, I hope.、Yeah. I hope not. <laughs> Final, that's true. Yeah, hey. Yeah. <laughs> like literally. Yeah. Tune in next week when we ask: Is Michael Jordan a top five player? <laughs> See ya. Alright, answer this. See ya. Pizza Torres on the beat, boys. Thank you for listening to your NBA podcast with David and Kane. If you enjoyed our show, please tweet us at your NBA podcast.